the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Yes, indeed. They uh, they check the host's pulse at the door, and uh, let's see. Yeah, there's a heartbeat. It is live. <laughs> Good afternoon. Welcome. Great to have you with us. It's a Thursday. It's the third day of October, in case you weren't keeping track, and another edition of Lifeline unfolding before your ears. We're here, of course, each Monday through Friday from 5 until 7 p.m., addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. Pretty jam-packed program for you tonight, so let's get right down to cases and deal with a topic that, quite frankly, all of us have to face at one time or another. You know, when we address the issue of loss, of death, it's certainly difficult for us as adults to process the death of a loved one, be it a friend or closer yet family member. We're struggling to come to terms with the loss, the grieving process. Well, if it's difficult for us as adults, imagine what children go through. Loss, grief, fear, questions. So many questions. Well, today, some answers to some of the most frequent questions children ask and more inside the pages of a wonderful new book entitled A Place Called Heaven for Kids, Ten Exciting Things About Our Forever Home. Its author is our guest today. You know him well. He is both the senior pastor of First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas, and locally, of course, we enjoy him each Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. here on KFAX as the host of Pathway to Victory. He's Dr. Robert Jeffress. And Dr. Jeffress, great to have you back on the program. Great to be back with you, Craig. Thanks so much for having me. Wow, this is a, this is kind of a perennial topic. Let's face it, uh, death is a part of life. And as I mentioned, we as adults oftentimes, even in our faith, we struggle, we deal with the grieving process, the loss, all of this. But then trying to help a child really understand what's taking place as they're not only still formulating who they are as young people and understanding the world around them, beginning to understand their relationship with, with Christ and with Scripture. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of parents, when they have to help a child deal with the loss of a loved one or maybe even a parent, often struggle with this. We, we come up with oftentimes crazy stories just trying to deal with it. And, of course, I guess part of that is we might be dealing with grief ourselves. But help us understand this, this topic. Uh, you're a dad. You're a parent. Why did you feel it was important to sit down and, and really help other parents deal with this issue for kids? Well, a couple of years ago, I wrote a book, Craig, A Place Called Heaven, for adults. And, you know, it became instantly a national bestseller because people living in this world want to know that there's a better world that awaits them. You know, I get asked the question, well, why does God allow this and this and this and this? 
there's an easy answer to why God allows earthquakes and mass shootings and all the other tragedies. The world we're in is not the world God intended, but it's not the world that will always be our home either. There's a better home for us, and children need that hope. It's whether children maybe experience death through the loss of a grandparent or a friend, or they just watch these tragedies on TV, and it sparks fear sometimes, and it sparks questions about what heaven is like. And so I wrote a place called Heaven for Kids, and had a gifted, award-winning children's artist beautifully illustrate it to answer those the ten questions children have about heaven. And perhaps the last and most important question is, how can I go to heaven? And I have a clear plan of salvation for children, and there's a prayer that they can pray to trust in Christ as their Savior. And you know, Craig, I'm a parent and grandparent, and I believe the most important task any of us has is to make sure that our kids, our grandkids, are with us in that place called heaven. And this book is a great tool that parents and grandparents can use to make sure that their children are with them forever in that wonderful place. Seemingly, uh, Dr. Jeffress, for a lot of parents, they might think, well, if this ever happens in my family, I'll I'll run out and pick up a copy of the book. But it, it strikes me, not only in terms of the natural of death as it is part of life, uh, but you alluded a moment ago to the many tragedies that unfold. And, you know, e- even if we're blessed that our children have uh, parents and grandparents and loving families surrounding them and they've never been exposed to someone passing in the immediate family, but these days it's virtually impossible to insulate or isolate a child from the news and we hear tragedies and mass shootings, killings, things of this sort, loss of life is all around us. So it would seem as if this is not a topic that you kind of save until it happens to the family. You almost need to, to, in a sense, not only prepare children in advance to understand it, but as you indicate, ultimately, it really is the goal to use this as a means of of helping a child understand their faith, or most importantly, understand who Jesus is and what heaven's all about. That's exactly right. You hit it just right, because this isn't, per se, a death and dying book. This is a book about heaven, and, uh, it, and, and I've written it to help parents lead their kids to the only way to heaven through faith in Jesus. So it's really a book appropriate for any child at any stage in life, and uh, kids are fascinated by it. Kids are curious by design, and uh, uh, this uh, book is not only uh, written in my words, but laced throughout it is Scripture. That's where the power is, and uh, I think uh, kids will find it very entertaining and at the same time very intriguing. Well, and ironically, I must admit, uh, having gone through the book, I think that parents will find it informative as well, because as you point out, in addition to the wonderful illustrations and uh, your narrative, you've, you've selected appropriate scriptures that I think will help both children and adults understand more. And let's face it, at the end of the day, um, we're not only trying to help perhaps comfort a grieving child, but to have answers about where heaven is, what heaven is all about. I've, I've run into cases, and I'm sure you have more so um, in your role as a pastor, where sometimes parents kind of get, they get caught short. They've not spent a lot of time thinking about this, and so suddenly when, when death visits, they're, they're at a loss for words. Uh, I recall one time uh, a friend of mine uh, that had a, a young child, and upon the loss of a, a close family member, didn't know what else to say, so made up one of these stories. You've heard these, you know, things like, well, well, daddy's on a trip, and you'll see him again one day, I promise, without really being straightforward. Is it important to, while, while certainly being age-appropriate, 
appropriate and being sensitive to to a child to be straightforward with what heaven is all about? Well, yes, and we do our children no service. We actually do them a disservice if we give them wrong information about heaven. You know, if a child asks, well, is everybody going to heaven? The inclination would be to say yes. But uh, to tell people that is a terrible disservice, because Jesus said not everybody is going to heaven. And we need to teach children that there is only one way to heaven. That's through faith in Jesus. Or, you know, the idea of what happens to us when we die. Oh, we, you know, sprout wings and we become like angels. No, it's not angels. We become who we are in heaven. You know, one of the questions uh, both parents as well as children have about heaven, Craig, is will we know one another in heaven? And for a child, they want to know that because they want to know, will mom and dad be there? Will my friends be there? Will I have a relationship with them? And um, many parents don't know the answer to that question, will we know one another in heaven? They don't know how to justify that answer. But as we show in the book, you know, Jesus said our bodies are going to be just like his. And Jesus' disciples knew him in his new body, just like the one we're going to have. You know, another question both parents and kids want to know, are we going to eat in heaven? <laughs> and, uh, and we have, a, you know, an illustration of the banquet table and the scripture that Jesus invites us to a banquet. And, and uh, again, we know that because Jesus ate in his brand new body. So like you said, this is informative not just for kids, but for parents as well. Indeed so, because, you know, as you say, oftentimes we, we come up with sort of these these crazy answers that we're, we're trying to offer as a means of, of comforting a child. And, and, you know, not only is it misleading, but perhaps demonstrative of our own uh, biblical ignorance. And so a book like this is important for not just kids, but for parents too. If you've just joined us, you recognize the voice. It's Dr. Robert Jeffress. He, of course, speaker on Pathway to Victory, the broadcast heard each Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. right here on KFAX. You can get information, by the way, about the broadcast ministry of Dr. Robert Jeffress at PTV. Thank Pathway to Victory, ptv.org. Let's take a brief time out. When we come back, we'll dive a little bit deeper on this topic. Dr. Robert Jeffress, the author of a new book, A Place Called Heaven for Kids, 10 Exciting Things About Our Forever Home. The book, by the way, just newly published by Baker and available at Christian bookstores throughout the Bay Area. You can also order it directly online through Pathway to Victory website at ptv.org. After this brief timeout, when we come back, how do we help a child cope with grief? And what about the matter of offering hope? That is our conversation with Dr. Robert Jeffress continues. Right now, we're going to step aside for a moment, get you updated on traffic on your Thursday ride home, the latest from the KFAX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. 20 minutes after the hour of 5 p.m. here on this Thursday edition of Lifeline. You know, we've all gone through this, struggling for the right words to share with someone who is grieving and we're in a position of wanting to to comfort them. And sometimes we say, let's face it, we say things that, that oftentimes can be misinterpreted, if not downright crazy. And, and then when you, you distill this into trying to comfort a grieving child and we say things like, well, God took daddy. Well, why did God take daddy? Or he's in a better place. 
suggesting perhaps to the child's mind that what daddy didn't like the place here with us or it was God's will that somehow God has stolen daddy away from you. Wow. So how do we go about dealing with these important questions regarding a place called heaven? A new book, A Place Called Heaven for Kids, 10 Exciting Things About Our Forever Home, that puts a very positive note on all of this, and as it should be. Dr. Robert Jeffress, host of Pathway to Victory, heard weekdays at 6 a.m. here on KFAX, and of course, senior pastor at First Baptist Church Dallas, its author and our guest today. And Dr. Jeffress, I know all of us, and sometimes even even for me, I have to remind myself in those moments, you know, sometimes just being present for somebody is more important than somehow finding the quote-unquote right words to say. But do we do a disservice when we, we try to comfort a child and use some of the terminology that we might, as we would share with with an adult, like, well, he's no longer feeling pain, it's in a better place, things of that sort? Well, I think we can. And again, the best thing we can do for our children and grandchildren is to share with them the truth, and the truth that comes from God's Word. And, uh, Craig, you've alluded to this, many parents and grandparents really don't know the right answers to common questions kids are going to ask about heaven, and that's why we need a tool like this, I think, that uses God's Word to answer those questions. You know, the first question a lot of kids have about heaven is, is heaven a real place? Uh, They're exposed to so many... uh, um, uh, imaginative things, whether it's, you know, uh, science fiction or Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, sometimes they ha- have a hard time distinguishing what's real and not real. And so, you know, we talk about the fact that Jesus said, heaven is a real place. <laughs> I don't get into the Greek language in a child's book, but when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that word place, topos in Greek, literally means a geographical location. So heaven is a real place, and we need to assure our kids this isn't make-believe like some of the things they see on TV, but it's real. And, you know, another question people have is, what will we do in heaven? I think both children and adults are afraid of the image of floating around on a heart, or a cloud plucking a harp. Nobody <laughs> wants to be bored forever, <laughs> and that, or they don't want to be in church forever, and it's not going to be either one of those things. We're going to have uh, uh, responsibilities. We're going to have recreation, time to be with our friends, and, of course, fellowshipping with God. So uh, these are all important questions that we need Scripture to help us answer when our children ask. And, Craig, if I could say just one other thing, we're finding that grandparents are buying these books, three, four, and five at a time for their grandchildren, because many grandparents are concerned that their grandchildren aren't being taken to church. And so I tell people... This is a great way for grandparents to bypass their adult children and get the gospel directly to their grandchildren. Well, and that that really comes key or, or central to the the underlying message inside of this book. And I think it's it's important to point out that as we talk about heaven in the context of loss of life and grieving and things of this sort, um, the the real broader context, of course, um, is not locational; it's relational. Meaning, what is heaven all about? You addressed questions earlier of things like, you know, will we know each other in heaven? Who will be in heaven? Things of that sort. Um, but you, you, you end the book in a very powerful fashion, and that is that you address to children directly 
the answer to the question of how do we get to heaven? How does all this happen? We're not meaning from the standpoint of, you know, magically and the, and the soul leaves the body, but from the standpoint, from the scriptural standpoint, relationally with Jesus. And, and, and maybe at the end of the day, that is the most important message of this new book. That's right. <clears throat> and many children suppose, like many adults, is that the only way we go to heaven is by being good enough to go to heaven. But then I explained the difference between that and trusting in Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And uh, we have a prayer that a child can pray in order to trust Christ as their Savior. And, you know, so many, Craig, parents have it all backwards. They think children need to become more like adults in order to become a Christian. Jesus said just the opposite. He said, you must accept God's kingdom like a little child. Uh, we know the statistics, 85% of people who are Christians are saved before the age of 15. Every year after that becomes increasingly difficult for somebody to enter the kingdom of God. And again, I just say to parents, you know, that little child, that son, daughter, uh, that sits across you at the breakfast table every morning, remember, that child is eternal, and he or she will spend eternity in that place called heaven, or in another real place called hell. If you believe the Bible, you believe Jesus, you have to believe in the reality of hell. And the most important job, I'll say it again, we have as parents, is to lead our children to trust in Christ and make sure they're in that place called heaven. This book certainly helps answer many key and central questions and provides not only some wonderful illustrations, but the narrative by Dr. Robert Jeffress, along with um, appropriate scripture throughout. A Place Called Heaven for Kids, 10 Exciting Things About Our Forever Home, newly published by Baker Books. Dr. Jeffers, before we let you go, I've, I've got to ask you to comment on something that's been in the news the last 24 hours. Um, no doubt, because it's not far from your backyard there, the story of police officer Amber Geyer, um, who has now uh, been convicted on manslaughter charges. Um, it, it's been a sad and, and multi-layered case, but we witnessed one of the most incredible, I think, displays of not just extending forgiveness, but somebody who truly must have experienced it relationally in, in Christ Jesus. And that is, we saw the, the, the brother, uh, Branch Jean, who, whose, uh, whose brother, Botham, had been shot by this officer, um, on the witness stand, say in front of the judge to this woman, I love you, I forgive you, and even went as far as asking the judge if it would be okay to step off of the witness stand and to give the woman who killed his brother a hug. What is your reaction to witnessing that scenario? Well, I have not told this publicly uh, for, I think, some obvious reasons, but Amber Geiger, the police officer, actually uh, attends our church uh, after she accidentally shot her neighbor uh, she started coming to our church and sitting on the back row. And our executive pastor's wife uh, saw her, befriended her, uh, met with her every Sunday morning in Bible study. She was totally broken, but she has come back to Christ and found Christ's forgiveness. And uh, we prayed together with her family the day before the trial began, asking for God's will to be done. She knew she had received God's forgiveness, but yesterday she received the forgiveness of uh, the John family. And so she goes to prison now uh, with a 10-year sentence. 
but she knows that she is a forgiven, redeemed person. That's the power of the gospel. And the the power of that testimony, uh, we we could write a, a thousand books and millions of words, but what the the brother Branjean said from that witness stand yesterday uh, in my mind was just one of the most phenomenal displays of of Christian forgiveness and and demonstration of of biblical love. It was fascinating to watch that unfold. And you know his father, the uh, Botham's father, said on CNN this morning, if Jesus said, if you do not forgive others, I will not forgive you. And I think everybody, every Christian, has to remind himself of that. If this father and brother can forgive somebody for killing their loved one, I mean, we ought to find it not easy, but uh, certainly our responsibility to forgive one another as well. Yeah, I, I think demonstrative, too, of a man who, uh, who truly has experienced forgiveness, uh, to be able to show that kind of grace under those circumstances. Um, a wonderful object lesson, I think, for all believers. Dr. Jeffers, we appreciate uh, your time and sharing with us today, and uh, thanks for spending some time talking about your new book, A Place Called Heaven for Kids. Well, thanks so much. We love being on your station with Pathway to Victory. All right. Thanks again, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Again, the broadcast, Pathway to Victory, each Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. right here on KFAX. Dr. Jeffress's new book, A Place Called Heaven for Kids, 10 Exciting Things About Our Forever Home, newly published and available through the Pathway to Victory website at PTV, think Pathway to Victory, ptv.org. Be sure to catch Pathway to Victory. Weekday mornings at 6, right here on AM 1100 KFAX. Dr. Robert Jeffress. 5.30, right here from KFAX. Let's get you updated again on traffic. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we are back. Not that we went anywhere. <laughs> we continue on the Thursday edition of Lifeline. We began some conversation last week on the issue of developing good and healthy habits and how habits or routine can um, help you along your journey to greatness. And there's a new book out, coincidentally, by a quite similar title called Your Journey to Greatness Through Routine, released by Blessed Pen, Inc. Publishing. And joining us is certified professional corporate trainer and, of course, the founder and CEO of IPV Consulting, Michelle Steffes. And, Michelle, great to have you back on. Thanks so much for having me back, Craig. Great. You know, we talk about developing habits and doing the right thing, and we kind of alluded this uh, to this um, in our last conversation, but we thought it would be appropriate to take this a little bit deeper, and that is, you know, if you're going to develop good routines, good habits, it's going to lead to success in your life relationally, spiritually, uh, certainly in your career. Um, you also need to have good habits when it comes to your thinking, and um, our minds can... Uh, well, they can either be a great help or a tremendous hindrance. Spend some time, if you would, um, helping us to understand how the things that we spend our minds on can really uh, be the maker or breaker when it comes to developing these healthy routines. Absolutely. And that is really the key to it, Craig. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. But it's about, you know, really beginning to be intentional about your life. 
Because if you just fly by the seat of your pants and live in survival mode and just react to everything you hear and think and, and you're, you're allowing other people to control your thoughts for you, then you're never going to see a change in your environment or even in the way that you think and process every day. And so if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always gotten, right? You've heard that before. So that's, that's right. That's you know, we, we, we shouldn't be surprised. And what was the old uh, definition of, of insanity, um, doing the same thing over and over again and yet expecting different results? So true, so true. And I love that quote by Henry Ford. It, it is, it's still just as valid today. And, and the thing is, is you know, we, we've mentioned in our last talk together how, you know, people will just fly out of the door at the last possible second and expect different results from living a stress-filled day and, and just barely getting by in survival mode only to come home and just flop on the couch and vegetate in front of the television set and yet wondering why their ship never comes in. But we have to be intentional about every thought and every word and in every way that we process our day, and it's, it's all about what's called self-directed neuroplasticity. I don't know if you remember, we talked about neuroplasticity way back, oh, several months ago when we, we first connected. We, we did indeed, and, and I'd like to have you maybe walk us through that um, for listeners that, uh, that are new to our conversation, uh, because there's real science behind this. I mean, some people think, well, this is sort of the power of positive thinking, and you're going to get involved in doing mantras, you know, I am great, I am smart, I am handsome, <laughs> and, and it's just all, all self-talk. But there's real science behind this notion of the impact of, of as we would say, transforming our minds. Certainly, uh, a very spiritual or, or scriptural uh, concept, rather. Uh, but as that plays out, there's real science behind this. Yes, and I love how science aligns with scripture at so many levels. In fact, Proverbs twenty-three seven says, "For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he." And it really is true. And we can look at Romans twelve two: "Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." So let's talk about neuroplasticity. So basically, you have a thousand, or you have a hundred billion neurons in your brain, and you have since the, the day you were born. Okay, and uh, you have from that time to now, you have wired together neural networks, and you do so by thinking. And as you think thoughts, you fire off electricity in your brain at four hundred billion actions per second. And you may have seen like these, these uh, diagrams or you know videos on on uh, YouTube or whatever, where you see these looks almost like a lightning storm in your brain going off. Well, what that's doing is that's growing neural networks and neural pathways. So as you begin to think a new thought, you grow what's called a dendrite. It's made out of protein. It's a pinkish-brown color. And it looks like a little tree at first sprouting out from the neuron. But as you keep thinking the thought again and again and again, it continues to grow and wire to other neurons. So those are your neural pathways which grow into networks because you never just grow one you grow multiples at a time. So, Craig, you have a network in your brain right now for driving. And you don't even have to think about driving. You just drive. You have one for your morning routine. You have one for your work, for how you handle your family, how you handle situations and stresses. And the thing is, is that your brain does not decipher whether they're good networks or bad. They just grow them. So no matter what your thoughts are, even if they're negative thinking... You know, thinking about the person that hurt you, the person that offended you, or your bad day at work, again and again and again, you're just compounding a giant neural network that is negative. 
and then at the same time, you're growing positive ones. Does that make sense? It does. And then it really kind of comes down to, you know, the, the old adage, you reap what you sow. Um, what are we sowing and how are we fertilizing? What kind of a harvest are expecting uh, are we expecting to take place? And as much as that works out in the, in the practical realm from the standpoint of, well, literally, whether you're talking about a garden or uh, attitudes towards others or what you do and how you behave in business or relationally with others, it's also true then when it comes to our intellect, our mind. Yes, it does. And, and in Philippians 4, 8, it says, think on things that are honest and just and pure. Whatsoever things of good report, be of any virtue, of any praise, think on these things. So it's no wonder that God told us to think on the right things, because he knew full well that we were going to be wiring our brains to the good rather than the bad. And you you talk in the book, Your Journey to Greatness Through Routine, about the, the little brain of the heart. Just spend a moment and elaborate on that, would you please? Because there's a connection here that I think listeners will find fascinating. Yes, and we talked about this a little bit last time, but let's go in a different direction on it this time. The, the little brain of the heart is, is your brain and your heart are always, always talking to each other, interestingly. And your heart has 40,000 specialized neurons, and these are really uh, highly specialized in terms of how they carry the memories as opposed to the brain. And the memories that are in the heart are so deep. In fact, you know, oftentimes when you think about yourself or you're talking about yourself, you, you kind of put your hand on your chest like you're referencing your heart. And God talks about how we need to guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. This all sounds familiar, right? It does indeed. So your heart is incredibly powerful in how it influences you, and most people don't think of it in terms of how it is connected to the brain and how it can impact us on a day-to-day. So um, we mentioned cognitive dissonance in the last talk versus cognitive consonance, and that's an important fact to remember in terms of how we communicate with others, but also how we are able to convey who we really are in, in the sense of authenticity. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk recently about authenticity and the importance of it. Have you heard those kinds of things? Yep, indeed so. And Brene Brown has become very popular in her talks about vulnerability and authenticity. And, you know, we know that when we talk to somebody, you know, whether they're a fake and they're just putting us on, you know, just trying to put on a happy face versus being genuine and authentic. And we also understand that when we're not authentic, and we feel like we are, you know, not communicating from a level that is deep within our soul or, with, or aligning with our core values, it makes us feel empty, and it doesn't make us feel like we can connect with other people. Does that make sense? It does indeed. And in fact, it's funny because we just had a, a not too dissimilar conversation a few moments ago with Pastor Robert Jeffress on the very topic of authenticity when it comes to dealing with children who are going through grief and wondering what's happened to, you know, loss of a parent or a loved one or maybe viewed some tragedy. And sometimes we, we, we go for the inauthentic because it seems to be uh, convenient or it's uh, more comfortable for us. But the lack of authenticity uh, can really come back and bite us, can't it? Because not only is it a a falsehood for ourselves, but interestingly enough, a lot of people pick up on that right away, don't they? Yes, they do. And and then more so than what we may realize. I mean, we may think we're putting somebody on. I mean, but you ever have a conversation with somebody and you can tell they're off in another another direction. 
and they're not really connecting with you or are they even listening to you, even though maybe they're making eye contact. Yeah, we've, we've all had those conversations, and we've maybe, if we've not literally rolled our eyes, we've done it in our head, <laughs> or certainly as we walked away from that conversation. And so that, that authenticity, though, not only extends to how we engage with others, but I think there needs to be genuine authenticity um, between ourselves and God, most certainly, most predominantly, most importantly, but, but also with ourselves, that we, we approach these issues, uh, in, and this goes back to how we began our conversation, Michelle, in relationship to our thinking and developing healthy thinking habits and the things that we we concentrate on or meditate on, as Scripture would say, and that we need to be authentic there too, don't we? Yes, we do, because when we are disauthentic with ourselves, then that is when we get ourselves into trouble. And so, so that's what leads to depression, because we feel like we're really not filled with love God and with the, the calling that has been given to us. So we're kind of faking it through life. And we're hoping that maybe someday somebody will connect us or, or give us the job opportunity we've been waiting for. Or, you know, I mentioned before, maybe our ship's going to come in. But really, we have to take the initiative to train our hearts and minds to become the person that we need to be. And honestly, we're never going to see the, the, the dreams that we have come to fruition until we take that initiative. Because no one is going to come to us and just hand it to us and say, here's your destiny. Go ahead and manifest it. It just doesn't happen that way. Some solid advice today. Best-selling author Michelle Steffes. The book, again, is called Your Journey to Greatness Through Routine, newly released by Blessed Pen Inc. Publishing. And uh, you can find it at bookstores. You can also get more information about Michelle's work online at ipvconsulting.com. That's ipvconsulting.com. Our thanks to author Michelle Steffes for being with us on this segment of Lifeline. 547. We'll step aside for traffic now and get you an update on the Thursday ride home. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.